You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. And then that led me to, hey, we should automate all these things so we can get back to what we love, which is taking really cool pictures instead of doing paperwork and, and cashing checks and doing bank deposits and entering credit card transactions, which sucks. Like, that all tied together to where let's get to a place where you and I can sit on the sofa and watch TV most of the day or go to the gym or take road trips, watch our kids play sports instead of working. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. My guest this week on The Portrait System is Jason Marino, and he is a powerhouse of a photographer and business owner. Jason and his wife, Joanne, decided six years ago that Jason would quit his job and they would do photography full-time, and it has been full speed ahead ever since. Their business is definitely multifaceted because they focus on both high-end wall art for their portrait clients, but they also have a separate brand where they do high-volume school photography. Jason shares how they have systematized and automated so much of their business that they really don't have to do as much work as they used to do at all. Jason was also very open about how having attention deficit hyperactivity disorder impacted him as a business owner and how addressing it really changed his life. It was an absolute honor to chat with Jason, and I'm so glad to share this interview with you. Okay, let's get started with Jason Marino. Hi, Jason. Welcome to The Portrait System. Hey, happy to be here, Nikki. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you here. You, you're in Arizona, right? Uh, yeah, I sure am. I'm in northwestern Arizona, about 90 minutes outside of Las Vegas. Awesome. And you and your wife, Joanne, just built a brand new house, right? We did. We, were, uh, we did an owner build, so we were our own general contractor. So we had to organize all of the subcontractors, oh and we get all the bidding done, all of that. And we actually That's no finished— joke. <laughs> oh no! It was it was a lot of work, and we actually finished the house and closed on it April Fool's Day of 2020, about two weeks after the whole coronavirus pandemic really got oh going. Gosh. So it was a little wow. touch and go for there for a little bit. Yeah, no kidding. Oh my god! And so, okay, so you and Joanne are full time photographers, right? Yeah, we are. Yeah, I, you know, I haven't had a day job in about six years. Awesome. Yeah, Joe left her other business she owned, and only is doing this uh, now as well. Yeah. Fantastic. I just want, for our listeners, I just kind of want to just give a, a little brief history of how we know each other. So Jason and I are part of a Facebook, just a Facebook photographer group together. And you are one of the most generous people with your knowledge. Like you are so willing to help other photographers and, and just share what you know. Anytime I, I make a post in there that you know the answer to right away, you're like, oh, you need to do this, 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 and this. And it's like, wow. And I just really appreciate it. Uh, no, that's nice of you to say. And then part of me, I'm wondering if it's some, just because I'm a know-it-all or is it because I'm, <laughs> I'm genuinely trying to be nice. I, but I, I try to be. I try to be helpful. I feel like uh, giving people, sharing to, with people, uh, you know, it's a good thing to do. And, and a rising tide lifts all ships. So Yeah, totally. And and we have a lot to cover today. But I just, I just wanted to say one of the questions I recently had, I've talked about this with the listeners before, just about how I did this. I photographed 300 graduating dental students. And the shoot itself is a breeze, like going, setting up, doing the shoots. I can pose people like that, like not a problem. Got amazing photos. Everyone was super happy. And now I'm sitting here like, 
I have to put together these class composites and I'm like, ugh, like just getting it all organized and how to do it. And you really stepped up and helped me figure out how to do that. And so I was like, wait a minute. So you must do a lot of, you know, this sort of, you called it volume photography, right? Right. Yep. Yep. High volume photography. Uh, We just kind of stumbled into that. And it's not glamorous, it's not sexy, it's not uh, particularly interesting, but we quickly kind of found out that it can be really lucrative once yes. you've got like a system in place and got a, uh, a foundation built so you can grow and expand in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about that. But before we get into just how you make that work and how you kind of add it to your brand, because I know you also do like seniors, boudoir, headshots, right? Yeah, we even, you know, we do the occasional wedding. If it's something we want to do, we kind of stop doing those because they, you know, they got a little bit too much work and we're doing them all the time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, we kind of do a lot of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So yeah, I'll be really interested to hear how you bring in the volume photography because like you said, it's not the most exciting, sexy type of, you know, photography genre, but it can be a really great, great way to like supplement and make a ton of money. Yeah, it really can as long as you get it figured out and have a really good foundation there because you'll stumble around in the dark for months trying to figure mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. I can see that too, just having gone through this one, you know, one huge shoot. Okay, so let's back up a little bit though, because you had mentioned I know that you and Joe are now full time photographers and she and you haven't had a you know, a W two job in six years. So let's back up a little bit and tell me what you did before photography. Okay, I mean, gosh, uh, how far back you want to go? Middle school or <laughs> uh, <laughs> wherever you want to start? Yeah, right. I've I've got a, a really interesting path, and I've done a lot of things in life, and it's probably due to like my ADHD, which keeps me from being able to focus on one thing too terribly long. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've done everything from like like racing cars to you know like not professionally as an amateur. I was a big time, you know, really big in basketball as an athlete and really thought I was going to, you know, play professionally at some point. That didn't work out. Uh, and then I went to graphic design school and did a little bit of design and that didn't work out. And I just got into IT, kind of tricked my way into an IT job because some of my buddies worked for a software company. And they said, hey, man, it's a great job, great career. Uh, if you can just kind of fake it and tell them how modems work and how operate Windows 95, you can probably get a good job. And so I literally went into an interview after about three days of playing with Windows and just kind of faked my way through the interview and they offered me a job and I even negotiated a higher starting salary. <laughs> so, nice. Good and I you. literally knew nothing. And so then from there, I just kind of had a career in IT and learned and became like a manager and had like a team I, I ran and everything and, and became like really good with IT. And so that's going back to like 1999 probably, but then uh, essentially did that on and off all the way until gosh, 2016. So it turned into this really long-term career for me. Wow. All right. So so at what point, I mean, because that's kind of a, a pretty big jump from IT to, <laughs> to full-time photographer. So how did that even come about? Right. So I met Joe, uh, Joanne Joe, in uh, 2003, or I'm sorry, 2005 on accident. And my band, I was in like a punk band at the time, and we were playing at this uh, big hair show. She owned a salon. We were at the hair show at the convention center, and my band was playing on this Paul Mitchell stage while there was a person doing haircuts. So it was this, this crazy scene. Afterward, we were staying at a hotel across the street. She was also staying there with her girlfriends from the salon she owned. And I was in my room watching Scarface in the evening after we'd been done playing. (laughs) I was waiting to go to dinner, and we were going to have an after-party show at a 
club around the corner. Uh, and so I realized my phone was dying and I didn't have a phone charger. Went downstairs to the front desk. They had a box of them while I was waiting for them to bring them up. Joanne walked by. I was like, hey, who are you? Went up, started talking to her, followed her around the lobby, driving her crazy, and eventually <laughs> got enough attention from her. I got her phone number and the rest is history. Well, I tell you that to tell you this. She was a photographer as well and did that part-time as well as owning a salon. And that's how I was introduced to it, essentially. Okay. What a fun story. Oh, You're like, I was yeah. in a punk band and at a Paul Mitchell hair show. Like, it's just, it just sounds so cool. It was all, it. yeah, it's, my life is really weird. I should probably write a book, maybe. I don't know if anybody read it, but it's very weird. <laughs> That's so awesome. Okay. So she introduced you to photography, and it sounds like you really, you know, started liking it. And, you know, at what point did you decide, like, I'm quitting my IT job and we're doing this? Well, so, you know, again, 2005, and essentially... A couple of my bandmates asked her to shoot their weddings because I was like, oh, my, my uh, new girlfriend's a photographer, you know? And so I was watching her work because I was be at these weddings myself and I thought it was kind of cool. And, you know, and then she'd go do shoots on the weekends sometimes and I'd sit at home or whatever. But I kept thinking it was super neat and I liked that kind of stuff. And I was into art, you know, I was a designer at some point. So I just started saying, hey, do you mind if I grab your little point and shoot camera and take a couple pictures while you're actually working at this wedding? And she's like, yeah, sure. And so I took a couple pictures and like, man, this is really fun. And immediately I was like super into it. And that's going back to by 2007. And yeah, kind of the rest was history from there. I just kind of jumped right in and I was like, you know what, Joe, this should be like a real thing and you're really good at this. Uh, let's like make it a business. I'll second shoot for you and we'll start doing tons of weddings and it's going to be amazing. And that's kind of you know, fast forward a bunch of years, here we are. Wow. So, so what genre did you start in? Yeah, it was, it was weddings. I mean, uh, we okay. did a little portraiture here and there, but mostly weddings. Yeah. 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 Okay. I thought that's what you meant, but I just wanted to make sure because you don't really do weddings now. You said just here and there. Yeah. We just do, I, we, we'll do like one a year if it's something we like, but we usually just yeah. turn them down at this point. Yeah. Okay. So transitioning from weddings into portraits, how did, how did that go? Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So what happened essentially is like once our, our kids, we have a bunch of kids, they're all like athletes and they were all playing at a high level and they were all, you know, getting ready for like college careers. And one of them is actually still playing in college now. He plays baseball. And so we were wanting to see our kids more. And we've realized like in 2015 that I think uh, I was on 25 flights that year and just every other week, basically out of town, shooting a wedding somewhere or traveling for something. And it got to the point where uh, it was like, we're never home. We're missing everything they're doing. And we got to change something. And we kind of heard about a guy named Steve Saparito. And he was like really popular at the time helping people you know, do in-person sales because, you know, in the mid-teens, uh, mid, you know, 20 teens, it was basically like everything was digital and everyone was of the opinion that no one cares for or wants anything printed anymore. Totally. It's a digital world. Yeah. And he was like, you know what? People do want things printed. And if you, if you do this right, you're going to actually be able to build a lot of value into what you do and people are going to want to pay you for that. And none of us believed it, but it actually worked. Wow. Okay. It, it, is that something, a system that you still use in your business to this day? Well, so we like to learn bits and pieces from people. And yeah. there was things, there's things that Steve taught us that we use and there's things that we don't. And we basically just took what some of the parts we think are great and utilize those. And it works really good for us. Okay. So do you focus heavily on prints then? Or are you more into the digital or both? Uh, yeah, no, our studio is like a hundred percent focused on providing finished artwork and albums and other printed, you know, 
pieces of art and items. And uh, uh, okay, yeah. And what we do is we reward our clients with you know digital files from the things that they purchase, essentially. So it keeps it kind of easy. They don't have to ask about digitals because they're going to get them from everything they purchase to hang on the wall or put in an album. Okay. So it's it sounds to me like you have two separate parts of your business. So when someone comes into your studio, do you have a do you have a physical studio or is it you, are you doing on location? No, we have a physical studio that we shoot in in a you know retail space uh, downtown in our little vintage downtown, and then we also shoot around the deserts and mountains here on location, and even travel still for portraiture. Okay, gotcha. So it sounds like you might have two separate parts to your business. You've got the part where it's like your studio, where that's where you're focusing on the prints and the wall art and that sort of thing. And then you also have the kind of the other side of your business, which is the volume um, where you like for volume photography, is it like more sports teams or? It's a, it's a healthy mix of, uh, school pit portraits. So you could, we actually come in and set up at a school uh, okay. and we'll photograph all like, you know, 1500 kids at a high school or whatever the case may be. But then we also come in during, you know, certain weekdays and photograph their sports teams as well. And it's a completely separate brand. And what we didn't want to have happen is this. We, our, our portrait side at our studio is more of a luxury high end upscale business. And, right. and our clients, you know, are averaging several thousand dollars that they're spending every portrait session. When we do volume, what we didn't want to have happen was our customers who are used to paying volume prices where they're just buying $50 worth of you know wallets or 5 by 7s of their kids' high school pictures to then come into our studio and expect the same thing. So we have a completely mm-hmm. different yeah, completely different company, completely different name that we have different employees, it's a whole different thing between the two brands and we don't want anything to get, you know, you know crossed wires or cross traffic t- there. That's really smart. Especially because, like you said, the difference in in just how how you operate with everything from pricing to yeah you know, turnaround time, everything. Yeah, it's a whole different experience for people. Uh, we want our clients who are spending a ton of money to have a completely different kind of experience with us. I mean, we're interacting for thirty seconds with a kid at a high school when we're taking mm-hmm. their picture, and we're we're spending hours with our other clients, and it's a whole right. different world. Yeah, we were we were laughing when we were messaging on Facebook, or I was laughing when I was ex- sharing the experience. How my son, he's in kindergarten, and this was his first like, you know, <laughs> picture day at elementary school or whatever and I was like buddy make sure you tell them to brush your hair to the to the right because I remember like we all when I was in elementary school I remember we all had like a comb and they would like I, I don't know we would like brush our hair I don't know so honestly I couldn't I couldn't care less what my kids f- kindergarten photos look like but I was like telling them brush your hair to the right you know, I don't even know why I said that <laughs> and when he came home I was like how was picture did they brush your hair to the right and he's like mama they did not even care about my hair <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, and that's, you were like, we care about hair. So yeah, laughing, yeah, we really do. We we try to like give people still a good experience. Obviously, they're not spending the kind of money at our other brand, but it's not. We're not going to take things you know less seriously or to treat them poorly because of it. So yeah, we still want to make sure the kids look great. And I think that actually the parents, one of the things they like about us is that my wife in particular is very, very, very specific. Uh, you know, and it comes from posing a lot of boudoir and like working with seniors and making sure everybody's hair looks great. So she's mm-hmm. she sees everything. And she'll like come over, uh, you know, while we're like kind of managing a shoot and jump in and be like, hold on a minute, let's take another one of this of this kid because this hair was out of place. And so she's she's great about that stuff. Whereas I have a bald head. I'm like, I don't know anything about hair, you know. <laughs> I, I have no clue. But yeah, she she's amazing at it. Yeah. And I think it's it's important to remember as that type of 
a photographer where you're photographing all these kids, those parents are not photographers. This might be the only professional photo that they get of their kid all year long. So it's like, I, it, I think, I feel like it would really help to take that extra moment or two to make sure that it looks, that they look good. Yeah. Yeah. You're a hundred percent right. And that's actually something exactly what we say and how we express that to uh, schools. Like when we're, we're coming into, you know, maybe courting a new school that we want to get business uh, from and, and be able to do their shoot. We're like, look, these literally what you said, these, that some of these parents, this is the only portrait they're going to have of their kid this entire year and sometimes their entire childhood. Mm -hmm. And so we really do want to take our stuff to a different level. So we use the same lighting techniques that we use in our, our studios sessions on location for the school portraits. And at first, the parents were like, wow, those are really dramatic. I don't know if I like that. And you people would complain a little bit. So we toned it back a little and we weren't necessarily doing Rembrandt lighting at that point. <laughs> so, but <laughs> yeah, we give them a little more light and filling the shadows a little more because parents were still kind of wanting that life touch thing where it was a little more flat light and a little more, a little more boring, you know, not, but uh, we kind of mix it up now and give them a little, little bit of flavor. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Will you will you tell the listeners just a little bit of how it works as far as pricing and how you make money on on these school sessions? Yeah, it's very transactional and it's so boring. But yeah, that's essentially you you just want tons and tons and tons of volume, but you also want averages to be high because if there's a thousand kids at a school, maybe four hundred of them are actually going to pay for photographs. And and uh, you know we were doing probably a thirty dollar you know, 30 to $40 average or something like that for these students to pay for sports photos, for instance, or if it's school portraits, it's probably closer to $40. And so, yeah, you could, you know, you, you could make 10 grand in a few hours just photographing the kids in the morning. We bring our team in and do it and get out of there. And, and, but then we would go home and we have to spend several hours of, you know, the dealing with the entering credit cards and earning all those things because we're, we're, they're handing in packets with checks mm -hmm. in them or cash in them mm -hmm. or credit card number. And it's incredibly awful doing all that. And we just recently found out about Photo Day, which is, a software company on, and they have a cloud-based software for for the photographers that do volume. They handle and interface with your lab, and they handle all of the transaction side, but then also handle the marketing side on the front end. So you import the data from that the school gives you of all the kids with like their email, phone, name, all that stuff, and you just import it into a job, and then that job will send all the marketing materials to the parents so that they nice. can sign up online and pay for everything online. So we've completely in the last couple of months eliminated all of the back end work and now we show up take pictures come home yeah we'll do an edit on them we use fido and like get the you know have them automated our editing system and then we just upload these to the cloud where the job is located parents get notified automatically that their kids pictures are there because it uses facial recognition and then they get an email pictures are ready they go in and start making purchases our averages went from you know, 35 bucks approximately, we're averaging $63 a purchase right now. And nice. we're like drinking coffee at, at Starbucks and <laughs> there's money, money coming in. We don't have to work after the shoot. It's incredible. Oh, I love that. Isn't it so great to automate business? Oh, oh it's God. the absolute best. And one of the things when I was talking with you about just even just creating this composite, because I have to do three separate composites with, it's like two of them are 140 people. One is... 20 something people anyways and I was like Jason I don't even know how to do this and, and you were like oh I have to scroll on Etsy who does it and I was like really so I reached out to her and she was like done and done it was like 50 bucks or something yeah and I was like amazing so now they're done and I didn't have to do it and it was perfect and now when I do this again for them next year first of all I'm gonna raise my price but second I'm gonna have it automated where I'm gonna have other people doing the works like the best 
Oh, it absolutely is. Like we literally just got uh, done this weekend hanging out with our friends, uh, you know, Jonathan and Sandy. Jonathan's the CEO of Fundy Software and Lens Baby. Oh, nice. Yeah, and we we were up in Vegas. So we, Saturday we had to photograph a big city basketball league. There's about 300 kids. When we got done. We, uh, you know, got their photos uploaded. The next day, we went to Las Vegas, spent 24 hours there with our friends, going to dinners and having drinks, watching the football game. And, you know, the whole time, my phone's getting alerts showing people making purchases. And it, it literally, photo day is so funny. They use a cha-ching sound every time you get a sale <laughs> that it alerts on your phone. And while we were hanging out this this last 24 hours, I mean, there was thousands of dollars of sales just coming into my phone while we're like out drinking coffee or having a steak. And it's just the best thing in the world to not have to work. <laughs> oh, it's so amazing. And I'm assuming, I mean, you guys obviously have your lighting nailed down and, and that sort of thing. I know you played around with it a little bit, but I'm guessing that getting the light right in camera makes, you know, during the shoot makes it so much easier for your editing process afterwards. Yeah, it's very formulaic. So we have mm-hmm. everything written down and we have worksheets and like guidebooks that the, the photographers that work for us and the assistants that work for us utilize when they're on site shooting. And so they have tape measures and everything's taped out where the kids stands or sits, where the background goes, where the lights go, the heights, everything is set up a certain way. And uh, yeah, we've kind of this, this past school season in the fall, we transitioned out of having to actually take pictures ourselves even now. So where Joanne's on site managing what's happening Happening, I'm able to stay home and do other business and not actually have to be on site wasting the efforts that we that I could be doing, you know, and could be marketing to other schools or just handling other business with our studio. And it's been really great, the autonomy we are able to achieve. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So it's basically like you have associate photographers then doing the rest of your shoots. Yeah, and they're most of them are like young people that we trained. And so mm-hmm. they're they're kids that we knew when they were in high school and they're hanging around town, maybe they're 20 years old or something now and we're like and we put out, you know, ads we're looking to hire people and it's seasonal work mostly, part-time seasonal work, but they work a whole lot in the fall. So if once like August hits or like late summer, they're working for a few months straight, like really busy several days a week. And then yeah, it tapers off a little, then spring it kicks back up a little bit, but we're essentially training these great kids who are really outgoing and and we're teaching them how to do this how to take the photos. And there's so many great tools out there. Like we have software from a company called PixNub and we are able to have auto head sizing so we don't have to even have the pictures cropped oh, a certain way in genius. camera. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. So we'd set it to 8 by 10 or whatever it is and, and hit a button. I go drink a glass of tea, come back, and all the pictures are resized exactly the same. It's just crazy. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, if you're listening to this <laughs> out there, think about how you can systematize these things more, you know, find programs, Google things, ask other photographers, what makes your workflow easier? You know, just all of these things. Like someone reached out to me this morning from Filter Pixel. I'd never heard of it before. And I just watched their demo on their website. And I'm like, sign me up because it's about calling. And they automatically take out the ones where that aren't in focus, if the eyes aren't in focus. I can't tell you how many times I've called down my photos got lazy, didn't zoom in to see if the eyes were in focus, sent them off to my retoucher. My retoucher does them, sends them back to me. And I'm like, is this even, this one isn't even in focus. Like when I'm doing my final like edits and touch retouches and I'm like, God damn it. So it's like, anyways, like all these, there's so many programs out there that I think we just don't either know about or just don't utilize for whatever reason. And there are so many things out there to make our lives easier. And it's so important. 
To yeah, we yeah we have so many partners that we work with and we're ambassadors for. I know it sounds ridiculous. It seems like we're sponsored like a race car or something. We have like stickers all over us to, with all yeah. these companies that we we work with. It's but amazing. Yeah, we use Aftershoot and we're ambassadors for them. But they their software is very similar. It finds eyes that aren't open and it finds things that are out of focus and it and it kind of just sets it all up and color codes it so you can go back and look at it. And then it's machine learning. So as it learns how you like your photos, it starts picking those photos out oh, of the so polling. For you, yeah, and I used it for the basketball photos the other day, and it literally was, I, you know, we took about six or seven pics of each kid, and we want to be able to post three or four of them, and it went in and found the best ones, and it was right ninety percent of the time, like without issue, and then I have to make a few corrections next time. It's going to be ninety five percent, and eventually, it's going to know how we like our photos and do all the work for us, and then we'll know it's ready to go. We don't have to actually put any thought into calling. It's incredible. So great. That sounds like exactly how this filter pixel is too. Yeah. No, I mean, so I don't fun. know how they compare with each other, but... Yeah, and I'm super into tech. So it's like, if I okay, can find yeah. something, if I can pay something or someone to do something for me, and I can have like time on the sofa, like watching you know something on Netflix with my wife, that sounds really, really, really great. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, I know you are speaking at WPPI this year, and you're doing a panel about... It has to do with mental health and burnout and that sort of thing as far as photographers go, right? Yeah, really. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. And and how that started is kind of a funny thing. So Joe and I have been speaking at WPPI for like six or seven years now, which is in and of itself pretty incredible that we've been invited back that many mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Because I remember going with her like in 2012 and 2010 and walking around the trade show. And we were, you know, we didn't even have enough money to buy the $400 platform, you know, pack. <laughs> I stayed at Hooters, Jason, with right? Ashley. With Ashley Fisher, my my first yeah. year, we went together and we stayed at Hooters in 2012. So yeah, I was with it, you at that. Oh, absolutely. Moment. And we would we would go up there and walk the trade show and we would just come home because we just lived 90 minutes outside of Vegas. So oh, right. yeah, and we would just drive up for the day, walk around, look at all the cool cameras and then come back home. We wouldn't learn a thing. And then eventually we actually decided to take a class or two. And then eventually somehow or another, we got to a point where people knew who we were and they're like, hey, will you come teach? And then yeah, one thing led to another. So I was supposed to be at Imaging USA, and we've been teaching there a few times now, and those people are great over there at PPA. And I was going to do a class on mental health, and uh, it was called "Succeeding Through the like, Success Through the Struggle" or something like that. And it was going to be kind of about a little bit about me and mental health things that I've worked through, and it's helped me get better. And then uh, you know, just about things in general. Uh, and it was going to be cool, but I we canceled because DC. Back in uh, January, and and you know the snowstorms, COVID, all those things were going crazy. We're mm-hmm. like, you know what? Let's skip this year. Well, I let Arlene know I was going to do something like that, and I said I could do that for WPPI. And then she said, you know what? A panel might even be better for this for us, and we can actually bring in a therapist, an actual real therapist that can kind of moderate a panel. And then that's how it turned into what it is now. I invited my wonderful friends Rakita and Kirsten and Charmy, and so I've got like three of the most incredible photographers out there and they're really important people as far as like you know social justice issues Mm -hmm. and just being great voices for women and women of color in general and I admire them so much yeah and actually this is probably going to come out after WPPI now that I think (laughs) about it but it's going to be awesome either way and I hope some people that are there see it (laughs) yeah I'll I'll be sure to bring it up on on a future episode just to make sure people remember you know talk about it and and maybe that, maybe even ha- I'll be able to have one of the people you mentioned come on as well. Maybe we could do, you know, something for the podcast too. So that would be it's amazing. So important. And, and the reason I brought up the mental health piece is as business owners, obviously we are, we get so overwhelmed with so much to do. 
And then a lot of us have kids and just so many things going on in personal life. And it's it really is a lot to manage. And it seems like the more you can automate and the more you can outsource and the more you can have boundaries around what you're doing in your business and what makes the most sense, I figure the the better it is for our mental health. And I'm wondering if now that you've got all of these pieces in place that really help free up your time and just, I'm sure, relieve some stress. Like, do you find you're in a better mental health situation now? Yeah, I really do. And it all kind of started by finding these automations because what was going on is going back to like this past summer, I kind of just had like a sudden realization. I started seeing a therapist a little bit and they were like, you know, I think you have like adult ADHD. And I was like, you know what? When I was a teenager, I heard I had ADHD, Mm -hmm. but this is like the 90s, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I was in high school. Yeah, I was 15 in 1990. And they're like, they didn't really know much about that stuff. Very little. And then I started, I started seeing friends making posts and they were saying, oh my God, I have ADHD and I just started taking medication and my whole life has changed. And I'm like, what? And, and I was like, and I'm super cool with medication. Like, that's fine. I'm into it. Let's try it out. So I went to my therapist and said, yeah, maybe I do. And he's had me fill out a worksheet and I'm like, oh my God, I have literally every single sign of someone with ADHD like from having a really short temper because your brain is so busy that anybody even asking you a question (laughs) makes you angry. And Mm -hmm. I didn't realize, yeah, my kids would ask me a question or my wife would talk to me and just talking to me made me mad. And I had no idea. And uh, just being frustrated constantly and never being able to sleep and having noise in your head and just all these things and can't focus and get anything done. And I took a pill and an hour later, it all stopped. It was literally like a light switch. Mm-hmm. And even compulsive eating, I was like, "Oh my god!" I've spent my entire adult life since I was probably twenty three. I, I would stop playing sports, and like I've just slowly gained weight all those years. And I realized I was compulsive eating because your brain is looking for a dopamine response, and that food was giving me that. That's how I found it. So every ninety minutes, I would get this like aching pain that was fully my brain just making me go eat. I was getting this pain in my stomach, and there's no way I'm hungry an hour after I ate, right? right. So I'd go in the kitchen find something to eat. And then an hour and a half later, same thing. And this went on for years, decades. And all that changed immediately too. And I've like lost 20 pounds, just like that, because I'm not spending all my day thinking about eating to get dopamine rush. It's crazy how it works. So that being said, that actually helped me get some clarity and focus and be able to actually try to build our business and get better at that. And then that led me to, hey, we should automate all these things so we can get back to what we love, which is taking really cool pictures instead of doing paperwork and and cashing checks and doing bank deposits and entering credit card transactions, which sucks. Like Mm -hmm. sitting there hand typing in credit cards off of a freaking photo packet. Like, come on. And, And so that all tied together to where let's get to a place where you and I can sit on the sofa and watch TV most of the day or go to the gym or take road trips and watch our kids play sports instead of working. And that's really what we've been able to achieve in the last three months. It's really been cool. Like right around November, we got introduced to Photo Day and signed up, set that up, and immediately changed everything. Yeah. I mean, like, it's so wild because, okay, do you think that being on the medication helped you then to be able to set up these automations? 
No, that's exactly right. Because okay. I, I, that's where, oh yeah, my God, okay. Yeah, I could yeah, not yeah, bring yeah. myself, uh-huh. I couldn't bring myself to come sit down at the computer and put the effort into even signing, like putting my email address oh, and name gosh, in. It's like you're speaking my language right now. I know. And I'm like going around right now, like on, I'm on like my Facebook going, everybody listen, this is incredible. Let me tell you about adult ADHD and how it's going to change your life if you fix it. You know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's incredible. Yeah. And yeah, I, I blows my mind and my life is so much better. And like I immediately realized I'm not, you know, pissed off all the time and I'm not like snapping at things all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm just super chill. I don't get like pissed off in traffic and I'm just like, I'm just fine. Everything's fine. It's incredible. Someone said something to me, my friend Laura, the other day. She's like, I mean, I know you're not a mean mo- mean mom like me, but I just have to tell you what happened with my kids today. And I'm like, why does she think what is she what? I was like, what do you mean? What do you what do you mean? And she's like, Well, I know you don't like raise your voice and like flip out. I'm like, oh my God, do I make it look like I'm like a perfect (laughs) mom on social media? Hang on. Like we need to discuss this because I am like, like like bad moms. I'm like, (laughs) like, I'm like the world's okayest mom, you know, like I have, my husband is very patient and he is so even keeled. He does not, he, he's raised his voice like five times that since we've been together. I am the one who has been working for the last decade on my, quick to um, elevate and just be irritable and everything that you're saying I'm like because I've always I mean since I was young I've we've known I've had ADD but they always called it like inattentive type which I know doesn't exist anymore but anyway um well sort of it does but now it's lumped into ADHD inattentive type but whatever gotcha so um I never really put the irritability and just the questions part and then also hearing you I'm like we're, I'm we're just putting it all out there today and and then hearing you talk about how you got a medication then you were able to automate like like Jason I've never done a CRM program I've had companies reach out to me saying you don't even have to pay for it just get it set up and I'm like I open it and I look at it and I just close my computer and I'm like nope not never happening I'm never 100%. gonna do that like I've never hired a, a, an officially hired an assistant because the thought of training that person and just doing it all like overwhelms me to the point where I just don't like I yeah. use my Google calendar. That's what I do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, that's, that's difficult. Like, yeah. and, and those are the things I hate. I cannot sit down and just get something Mm-mm. done. And I'm writing, like I, I have to speak all the time. I'm always doing, you know, talks or zoom conferences for people are going to do presentations on stage and I can't sit down and write my presentation. I just get up there and talk. <laughs> I literally just bullshit like, and, and it's because I'm, I, I've been an entertainer my whole life. Right. So getting up on stage and riffing is easy. Yeah, it's the yeah. sitting down and making the goddamn presentation. Yes. I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. And so uh, I actually even worse paying people to make my keynotes for me and just like, then just like, Hey, do all the graphics, do all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Here's some words, throw them in there. And I'd make final adjustments. And that way I didn't have to deal with it. Cause I hate it. Yes. And now oh I can God, do it. Yes. I just sit down and I go to work and it's incredible. That's so awesome. Oh my, I love, love, love all of this. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and when it comes to mental health, what, if there's anything that is getting in your way, whether it's depression or ADHD or, you know, trauma or grief or anything, I feel like, you know, it makes me wonder if I had truly, you know, paid attention to being ADHD and how that is affecting my business. I mean, clearly I've done really well for myself. I have. I have an amazing course that I love. I have an incredible, you know, personal branding business. I'm not complaining or anything. I just wonder how much less stress I would have had along the way and maybe how much, maybe I would be even further along than I am right right now. Not that I have regrets or anything, but moving forward, I think it's really important for us to take a look at if there is something 
you know, mental health wise getting in your way, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to do medication or whatever, but I just feel like it's so important to address it because then it's like your true potential can really shine. Don't you think? Yeah, I agree 100%. And I have had some trouble dealing with the fact that if I had been able to handle this when I was in high school, I would have had a different you know path as far as I, I felt literally, literally, I've been a decade behind in my mm. success, mm-hmm. my entire adult life. And I've been really resentful about that. I'm coming to terms with it. I'm pretty chill about it now. But I look back and go, I, I probably could have been a doctor. Like I would have loved doing that, you know, and, and instead I didn't, and I could have played, uh, you know, basketball at a D one college, but I did not because my grades suck because I couldn't focus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so, and then like our business, I, our business should be twice what it is right now. And I should have a podcast and I should be doing all these great things, but <laughs> it, I, everything was stopping me until literally just this past summer. Yeah. So it's important. And I also think it's important that I, I you know, I'm a black man and in our community, like mental health does not get talked about a lot. I think yeah. it's kind of pushed aside because it makes you look weak and it makes you, uh, you don't want to be vulnerable. And you don't want to be vulnerable because of all these things. It just goes back decades of the way, the way you know, being black in America is. And if mm-hmm. you're vulnerable, then you're open to attack. And so this past couple of years, you know, going back to when the pandemic started and then George Floyd and all the protests, we have literally just been on the receiving end of just constant attack. Mm -hmm. And it's been a really hard time to be black. I mean, it's a hard time to be black constantly, but it's been really difficult recently. And so taking all that on top of other mental health stuff, it just was way too much to like deal with. And that's why I finally was so glad to get my stuff fixed. Yeah. And I appreciate, I know that all the listeners do too, you sharing all of that and just sharing, you know, what it is like for you. And I mean, you deal with something that I'll never understand, you know, never go through. And yeah, I just appreciate you sharing your perspective for sure. No, I appreciate that. And women go through their their own version of this, you know what I mean? Regardless of race. I mean, sure, there's some things that you aren't going to have to deal with, but there's things I'm not going to have to deal with, you know what I mean? And and there's a lot of terrible misogyny, especially in our business. I mean, it's, I mean, just up until the last few years, there were almost zero women that were brand ambassadors for the major camera brands. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. So those kind of things are just terrible. So I'm here for that. I'm here for growth and I'm here for women and and people of color and black Americans and black people everywhere. Mm -hmm. I want to see these people get their shit squared away so that they can find success. And I'm all about that right now. So and forever. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought all this up. And yeah, it's it's all so important. I appreciate that. I'm glad for the platform. Well, and when Sue was kind of coming up as a, as a, you know, a really a top ins- instructor in the industry, she kind of took a lot of like heat from a lot of men, like criticism, a lot of criticism. And we're all like, what? Like, how do you even like, have you ever even heard her teach or speak? Like it was, and it's not so much like that anymore at all. Like yeah. she, but she always had to really prove, prove herself more being a woman, it seemed. And yeah, it was it was pretty wild. It was pr- pretty wild to watch. And now, I, I mean, I think definitely things have gotten better. And she's kind of quote unquote had to earn the respect. You know, it's just so ridiculous. But it really is. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot. Of, it's a lot to constantly be trying to. You have to do so much more mm-hmm. than anybody else has to do if you're a woman or a person of color. Mm-hmm. You literally are starting from negative, not on the ground floor. You're in the basement. You've got to get just to the ground floor to even begin to start to climb up from there. And it's everything is, there's so much gatekeeping 
and just toxicity. And it really does hold people back. And my friends who are uh, women of color, you know, I, I watch the, the stuff that they go through and it's just unbelievable. And, you know, luckily I have privilege. I'm a man. I have some privilege there. And I'm a large man and no people don't bother me, right? But, <laughs> you know, there are people that have to be they're physically can be intimidated and scared because some of someone's gatekeeping and giving them a hard time and trying to beat them down just, you know, not even physically, but just mentally. And it's just a tough, it's tough. It's just tough out there for people. Yeah. Yeah. It really truly is. And so even with, you know, with this misogyny stuff, my wife experiences it even to this day. I was talking about how hard it is for women, especially women of color and she's Asian. And, and so people will come up to us at the, at the trade shows, WPPI, et cetera. And they walk up and they're like, Hey, Jason, how's it going? And my wife's standing right next to me. They don't even acknowledge her. And you know, who's the worst about it is other women. Like Mm -hmm. it blows my mind. And, and I feel terrible about that when it happens to her and it hurts me because she's hurt. And it's like, I, you know, it's 2022 now and still all the time she's overlooked by people. She taught me how to do what we do. She's the reason I do what we do. She's the reason we have success. We are a team. She was, she, I learned everything from her and the fact that like she has to fight just to get people to acknowledge she exists. Like, oh, are you a photographer too, Joanne? It's like, yeah, uh, I started this business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Jason was my assistant. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, it drives me crazy that that happens to her and it makes me really angry and it hurts her. Yeah, yeah. It sucks. <laughs> it really does. And I, it's good to bring attention to it, you know, because it's, it's real and it happens and it's important. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we didn't we dwell on a- that too much, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so important. It's so important. It, it really truly is. So again, just I'm glad, I'm glad we're having this conversation. Okay. So then let's talk a little bit also about how you run the like portrait studio side of it? Because I know you said it's a much more luxurious experience. And, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Like if I were one of your clients, what would the experience look like? Right, yeah. We we are really big on, our, like our brand is like accessible luxury or quiet luxury. It's not about like, you know, being super, super, super. I know I'm a little flashy, but it's not about that. It's about, hey, this is like going to be something really cool and special for, the, you know, that's what we want the clients to think. It's going to be really cool and special. And yes, it's going to cost me a lot of money, but I still feel like it's something that's for me. And it's not like so snooty and like, you know, over the top that I can't walk in. Like you walk into Bergdorf's and you're like, oh my God, this place, I don't want to touch anything. <laughs> but you walk into Nordstrom and you know it's high end, but it still feels very comfortable. And so we're huge Nordstrom fans and we like, like literally try to model everything we do like around the way their brand is where it's this accessible luxury and it's you know it's like upper middle class and it's you know and it attracts that kind of people but it's not snooty and shitty and snobby at the same time and so yeah if you were a client of ours essentially from the first moment you reach out to us the way we talk to you i mean even the way our website speaks to you and the photographs we post on social media they're already kind of telling you and attracting people that we want to work with like our ideal clients and then we basically start our process from the time we talk to them and the, the words we say and the way we you know quote things and the way we talk about money with them. It's all in a way that it keeps us on brand and keeps us yeah. seeming like it's a luxe experience, but again, not inaccessible. Yeah, I love that. All right, so yeah, this is great. Will you tell me about your packaging and pricing and wall art and all that good stuff? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, kind of, you know, what your experience would be as a client. You know, we would we would uh, set up a meeting with you, and we're back to doing those in person. You come down to the studio, and when you come into our studio, it's very much set up like a workspace, but also an art space. And so, when you walk in, you're seeing really big pieces of art that are just. You know, we use a lot of like um, uh, reflective metals or high gloss metals to where people are walking in and things are just, you know, shining at them and jumping off the wall. And we're showing, you know, we're showing our best stuff because very much like a car dealership, you walk into a uh, Chevrolet dealership, they're going to have the most expensive Corvette right in the middle of the showroom because they want you to be blown away right off yeah. the bat. Yeah, they're not putting that $25,000 car that you know a college kid has. They're putting the $100,000 top-of-the-line ZR1 Corvette. So that's what we do in our studio. And you walk in, the whole front half of the studio is art. It's just art everywhere. And it's on easels that are on tables in the window, and it's on the walls, and there's albums everywhere. And we want you to come in and see the biggest and boldest and most incredible things we have because we want you to immediately have the mindset as a client that, hey, this is serious. I'm here for something really important. And yes, it's going to be expensive. And that's what we want people to feel when they walk in take it seriously. Yeah. All right. So then you do the shoot. And then do you have some time in between when you do the viewing or do you do same day? So this is the thing that really like blows people's minds. We um, not only do same day, we do within about five minutes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And, and so people are seeing their photos about five minutes after their shoot's over, and we do that consistently with essentially every single client. And our system for that is that while we're shooting, and, I, and, and again, I'll take a quick step back, but Joe and I work together as a team, and Joe is incredibly good at posing. She's really great at uh, taking care of details like we talked about, and uh, almost overly detailed. It's almost annoying, right? And so <laughs> I'm like, come on, just get out of the way. I got to get this shot. But I'm technical. I'm very technical. And so what we do is that Joanne does posing and deals with that. She'll have the light, move the light around with her when we're on, on location or in the studio. She'll move the lights. And I'm shooting. So my job is actually a little easier. I'm just composition and shoot. But what I do is that every time I know I've got a great photo, I just, you know, we're using Sony's and I just hit the lock button and that puts a check mark on that photograph from when we import into Photo Mechanic. So I immediately know all my best photos are there when I'm done shooting. I don't actually have to call from a portrait session. It's already called in camera as oh I'm doing it. And God, it doesn't slow brilliant. me down because it came at, yeah, it became a habit. Uh, and it took some training, but I realized that I don't want people to go home, have to wait, then get a sitter again and come back or you know do all these things. I want them to come in for their shoot do everything and be gone in three hours and never have to come back again because that's super convenient for people. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did. And I think that just kind of like learning to use the the buttons and just get so familiar with the camera that it became habit. Now we do that. We've been doing it for years. And it's people are blown away by that. They can't believe they get to see their photos right away. Fantastic. And then do you have different packages or do you do all, just all, all, all a la carte? So we actually started out only doing packages for seniors and we still offer packages to everybody. But what we do essentially is we have a session fee that's not a lot. It's, uh, you know, it's small enough to where it's accessible. Uh, but because we know we're going to make our money later selling people something tangible and wonderful that they want. And people generally just get a la carte items. They'll buy a piece of art. And the reason they do a la carte is because we use Fundy software and using that software, we can design something for their space live with them. And so a pre-planned package isn't going to work for everybody because a piece of wall art, a certain size doesn't work for everybody. Or, you know, an album, maybe they're not album people. They don't want to have to pick up a book and flip through it to see pictures. They just want to see them on the wall 
and we, that's how we are at our house. Like our house has got artwork everywhere because it's so nice to walk through the house and just see it every day, every time you walk by. So nice. we're, yeah, we're designing art live with our clients. They get to be part of the process, which they love. They get to design their albums right there with us as part of the process. And we literally put it page by page and let them design each spread. We give them input and, and we definitely act as experts for our clients so that they don't make mistakes that we know they're probably going to regret later. And we help them build all this so that they're part of it all. And then when they leave, they're really excited because they got to literally build something. It's like going to build a bear, but it's for photography. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. And what what's the average that your clients are spending? Uh, we average probably about thirty five hundred dollars a client. Sweet. Oh, and you're yeah. getting it all done. So so once they leave, you just have to retouch those final choices and order the prints and get them shipped or packaged up, yeah. and then you're good to go. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, we, we come home, everything's already been selected, so there's no more work in that regard. And then we send it off to one of our, another of our partner brands. <laughs> we, we, we send our pictures to Image Salon. They do the uh, color correcting and all the uh, retouching. We get them back, and if we didn't do a little tweaks to them, we do. Uh, and then we order our artwork from one of our partner labs. <laughs> so, Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you guys just have this down to a science. I love it. It's fun because, look, really, leisure is very, very, very important to me. <laughs> so yeah, I want to relax. I don't want to work a lot. And honestly, I don't really want to, I don't want to even get bigger. I want, I'm happy where we're at. I'm going to, the volume side can get bigger because we're ready to scale. We're ready for growth. We have a system in place. Photo Day really helped us get to that place where we can grow now and not worry about the back end of it and have, being overloaded. So now we're like, okay, we can scale that business. But the portrait side, I'm happy with the volume of portrait work we're doing and the volume of headshots we're doing. And it's perfect right now. Awesome. I mean, I'm just, I'm so happy for you guys. It just feels like you're really, like you said, you're in a good place. You're exactly where it feels right to be right now. And it's really cool. I'm, and it's just, it's awesome. Thank you. And you know what? One of the best parts is that, like, our friendships, we actually have friendships with people. Not that we didn't have friends, but we're actually spending time with like other couples that we absolutely love. Mm -hmm. And we're able to, you know, we, this past fall, we went to Seattle. In October, then November was Portland, and then we took our kids to New York City right before Christmas for a week, and then you know we're in Vegas all the time, just it's just spending time with people this weekend. And so, you know, it's so nice to just be able to like take time away and not mm -hmm. have to sit around here and grind. I yes. don't want to grind. I'm done yes. grinding. Oh my god! So and much yes, so Jason. the irony, the irony is, is that if you came and saw me talk anytime in the last five years, I was like. You know, money, 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 make money. It's all about making tons and tons of money. And now I'm like, you know what? I got enough. Like, I'm good. <laughs> Let's make the same amount of money and not work as much. Let's make less money and not work as much. I'm okay with that too. And that's where I'm at in life. And I'm really happy with that. Isn't it great? It's such a great feeling because you're what, 46? You said you're 15 yeah. and 90. Okay. So I'm 44. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know if it's just being in my 40s or what. And I, I know for my listeners, I'm sorry. I've been talking about this a lot lately, but it's, you know, it's, where I'm at in my life, I guess. So I talk about it a lot. But Sue and I have, have really been having these these deep conversations about, like you said, the grind. And, and we physically have struggled with, okay, so now I'm going to sit down and not work right now in the middle of the day. Uh, wait, no. Like It's like having to reprogram ourselves that it is okay to not be constantly fucking working all the time. You know, it's like... <laughs> it's like oh, reprogramming. And the older I get, the easier it, the last couple of years have just, I've made such a shift on that. And it feels so good. It feels so good to work smarter and not harder. And it's just the best. 
Absolutely. And there's like all these like other kind of like things that are touched by that. For instance, like my relationship with my wife Mm -hmm. is really, really great. And it's always been good. Like we don't have like huge fights. Like, you know, maybe like once every couple months, we'll have like a bit of a disagreement or raise our voices a little, but like, we're just happy. And, and what's really cool is that she has more leisure time because my wife is like a worker. She freaking grinds and she's always been that way. And it's like culturally, you know, she's Vietnamese and culturally her mom grinds, you know, Mm -hmm. and now she's like realizing that, you know, she too is finding that she doesn't have as much to do because with the automation we have now, she's not sitting around entering credit cards or counting checks and putting stamps on the back of checks and all these things. And so she has time to just like take care of herself. And so now she's actually, she you know, we have a home gym and she's working out the gym and at our house and, and having time for herself. And I love working out. So I go to the gym probably almost, I go six to seven days a week. I sometimes will take a day off, but I'm lifting like all the time. And I always make sure that I have time for that. So in the week before last, uh, you know, our, our youngest son is up in Northern California playing college baseball. It's his first year in college and he's you know doing what he loves. We actually popped in our little road trip car and drove up to Napa for the weekend. We were, went up went on Thursday, came back Sunday and just had this wonderful time watching him play baseball and beautiful 65 degree weather, going out to dinner and just having a wonderful time. And the whole time we didn't have to work and it was incredible. And so having that, all these systems in place and the autonomy to be able to just just hop in your car when you want to and just disappear for four days is so great. And it's just so great for your relationship and your mental health. And I'm so excited about like the future because of this. Oh, yes. Gosh, this is just such, you, you, yes, 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 yes. This is amazing. Everything you just said. Absolutely incredible. I hope some people are like feeling excited about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not a mental health professional. I just know about me, but you know, things are going really great. And I have been a, I'm in the best place I've ever been actually right now. I can honestly say that. Yeah, I'm it's thrilled, so wonderful. Thrilled. You know, and I, I'm trying to think like, okay, so you and I have been at this for a while. You know, we've we've been in this career for a while. So I'm just trying to think like for for people who are newer in their career, who are who are, you know, still build in the building phase, the initial building phase, really take what Jason's saying to heart at at trying to systematize as soon as you possibly can so that you don't get to a point where you are just like to use your word, just grinding and just you know, all hours of the day and your family and is struggling, you know, is feeling it, your relationships are feeling it and you're yep. feeling it. It's like at any point in your business, you can find a way to just make it easier on yourself, I guess. Like, don't feel like you have to do it all because you can't. You can't. No, that's absolutely right. And and it, if you do it initially, it definitely is a lot easier. I mean, we've Joe and I have been working professionally doing this since around 2009, like truly working hard at this. And so, you know, here we are 13 years and it was just in the last like six months where we really got our shit together so we don't have to grind. And mm-hmm. yeah, do it soon, get it in place. There's, there's, there's something out there for everything. I mean, literally in this last year, all these, uh, you know, the auto calling, AI calling softwares are out there now. I mean, that wasn't a thing right. 14 months ago. And now you don't even have to call your own photos if you don't want to. I mean, <laughs> right. the, it's, it's yeah, we don't call our photos. You know, we don't edit our photos. Like, we literally have given that off to other people. And initially I was like, oh my God, like it's expensive. It's all these things, but it's not. And we make more money because we're doing it. It's incredible. Totally. And I just don't give a shit. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm okay spending 
spending money if it's going to make me not have to work. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just, just one last thing about this like workaholic grinding thing is my my husband recently like severed his finger, his right ring fi- ring finger, and he's elect- an electrician with his own business. He's right handed, like, and he's a one man show. It yeah, off? yeah. Oh <laughs> well, my god! It was god. hanging by tendons, and it was they were able to reattach it. And he is very um, he rides BMX, and to be able to grip a bike is like probably the most important thing in his life other than me and our children. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Those and handlebars, let yes, me tell you. <laughs> it's yeah. very important to him. And so um, he was very persistent and got the surgeon to take the pins out way early. And, you know, he's just been like at it with OT and all that. And so it, he's doing quite well. So we don't think he's going to have to amputate it at this point. We'll see. He's going to give another couple of months. Anyway, fast forward, he couldn't work for a while. And Dan was raised in a very blue-collar family. You get a trade, you work your, you know, 50 to 70 hours a week, and you don't work, you know, you don't work on the weekend, but then you do this for 30 years, and then you retire. You know, it's just, like, not how I want our life, life to be. So when I, now, as I've been showing him, like, you don't need to do that. And this has been a couple years in progress for us. And he's always said, though, but I still have to work, but I still have to work. So even though I got him to quit his job with a company and start his own business, which has been wonderful for our family, Mm. he still is like, well, I still have to work a lot. You know, he still cannot get past that mentality. And then it basically took him cutting his finger off to really realize he doesn't have to work. (laughs) He doesn't have to work that much. And I'm like, babe, look how much happy you are when you are like playing on our property and building your jumps and building things for us and you know, building the toy room for the kids, like you're not stressed out. Like it's okay. And I just want to remind people out there, someone said this to me, don't let it be a getting your finger cut off situation (laughs) to make you slow down and really like take a look at how things are going for you and take a look at truly what makes you happy and realize it doesn't always have to be work, work, work. Absolutely. And I think for a lot of people, that finger being cut off was when the pandemic happened and they they couldn't work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. so suddenly, True. yeah, with all that leisure time, you're realizing that not working is actually kind of kick-ass and you can, you can figure out a way to, to generate revenue for your business in creative ways and find ways to still make money but not grind. And I mean, we've all, like there was a culture of grinding. It was uh, it was celebrated up until two years ago. It was like, oh my God, you got to work as hard as possible constantly, just like you're saying with your husband. And now everybody's celebrating mental health and relaxation and autonomy. And I use that word a lot, but it, I, you know, Ryan Brenizer, my wife and I saw him talk at uh, the Fearless uh, Conference in Scottsdale, probably back in 2012. And he used that word and he talked about autonomy and his choosing what to do with his time and paying people to do things. And it always stuck in the back of my head. I think we hired a housekeeper as soon as we got home after after, after hearing that because I realized that spending our time cleaning our home took us away from hanging out with our kids or going to their athletic things. And so that was like the first step. And I'm like, babe, let's hire a housekeeper. And that changed a lot of things, but then it now now it's like, hey, let's hire someone that does the rest of this workforce so we don't have to. And yeah, those things are really valuable, and I'm loving that the focus has shifted from grinding to free time and leisure and enjoying your life instead of trying to kill yourself for more money. Totally, totally. And again, it does, you know, it takes some building. It does. It takes some building. I don't want yeah. people to think that it's like you can start, I mean, but I guess you could. Maybe you could start off, you know, with some 
I don't know. I'm sure there is a better way to do it than how I did it starting out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could start out with using like auto calling software if you don't want to deal with that. That's part's easy because you're just paying, you know, a, a monthly fee that's you know a few but a few dollars, and their software does that magic for you. So now you've saved a few hours from a wedding, and you're shooting. If you're shooting a lot and keeping, you know, keeping your finger on the trigger and getting tons and tons of shots like a documentary photographer should, you know, and you come home from an eight-hour wedding with, uh, you know, six thousand pictures. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's going to take you hours to go through. So yes, if you want those hours freed up and spend them with your kids. Send it off to Aftershoot and let them do the work for you. It's, it's totally. that easy. Yeah, totally. take take the time to do it. Well, we are We've out of time. All. I feel like We've I could like all. talk to you all day. Okay, we are out of time, but I do have. Well, first of all, thank you for everything that you've shared, and just it's. I know people are going to walk away with so much good information. So this is just brilliant. But I do have four other questions that I have to ask you that I you ask it. at the end of each episode, and the first one is what is something you cannot live without when you're doing a photo shoot. Oh my God, that's rough. I can't live without off-camera flash. It's literally everything mm-hmm. to define, it defines our style and our look. And so we use it for pretty much every single photograph we take, no matter whether it's indoors or outdoor. That is literally something I hate working without. All right. Cool. What lights do you use? I know you said you shoot Sony, but what, what lights yeah, do you we, use? Yeah, we use Geekodo. They're another one of our sponsors. <laughs> I'm just, I literally am like a race car with names all over us. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but we use Geekodo. So they, they make a bunch of really cool stuff and Hiram over there is amazing. Cool. Awesome. Okay, number two, which I know, I know you talked a little bit about this, but how do you spend your time when you're not working? Uh, so my wife and I love watching television together and we love road trips and we love great food and we love hopping on airplanes and going to foreign countries and around the kind of the, around the globe. So Mexico City, uh, Vietnam, the Pacific Northwest, New York City, you know, just traveling, traveling, traveling and watching our kids succeed and being involved in their life. They're all adults now. They're all in college or trade school, whatever the case may be. But yeah, we're all about leisure, television, great food, great friends and traveling. And oh, that sounds like just that's just amazing like you just described everything that is amazing it's, in it, life <laughs> it, it's ama- it really is amazing and i never look i come from nothing and so it's really weird to be able to do any of this because we had food stamps when i was a kid my mom worked two jobs had i had two sisters we had nothing mhm mhm and look what you your the life you've provided from your for your kids i mean and for yourself it's i love it that's all my wife it's all my wife she's oh. uh, she's she's been incredible I know your wife is amazing. It sounds well. I've never met her personally. I'd love to. But <laughs> I believe that you each provide your own superpowers to make it to make it work. That's very fair. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so number 3 is what is your favorite inspirational quote? Okay, so this may not sound inspirational to people that don't quite get it, but it's a James Baldwin quote and it says to be black and conscious in America is to be in a constant state of rage. Mm. And the word rage is a powerful word. But, you know, it's it's really true. And I've really become to learn and understand what that means. And it does inspire me. And it inspires people that look like me because it helps us have a better understanding of the world around us in this country and the, and the way things are for us. And then it helps us to be inspired at how to overcome and, and achieve great things. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. And number four is, what would you tell people who are just starting out? This is my favorite question because I really want people to understand that if you start with prices that are really, really low and you're just trying to get some work in the door, you're going to always be known as the cheap photographer. So when you're starting out, 
Work for free if you have to and keep your day job going, but don't go out there and hop on Craigslist or Facebook groups and be like, hey, I'll shoot your wedding for 50 bucks because the next person that gets referred to you by that person (laughs) is going to want a $50 wedding. You need to charge what you're worth when you are ready to charge anything. I love it. Absolutely. It's so much harder to get your prices up. Oh my gosh. Yeah, raising your prices versus starting out with them where you need them to be is really, really difficult. Yeah, we talk about that a lot on the portrait system, just like the Sue's education where use gift vouchers. If you're not comfortable charging $1,000 for, you know, for a package, give them a four or $500 gift voucher. At least you're saying that this is my price, 1000 but because, you know, it's a, you know, you're a new client or a special deal this month or whatever, here's a gift voucher. So now, at least you're feeling more comfortable about where you're at, but then you don't have to give a gift voucher to the next person if you don't want to. So exactly, it's just a, I love that. Yeah, and your yeah. and your clients got to feel special because totally. they feel like they've gotten a, you know something special just for them. Yep, absolutely, I love yeah. that. Okay. Um, oh, last question is: Where can people find you online if they're looking for you and Joanne as well? All right, cool. Yeah. So Joe and I, we have you know we have Instagrams, our own personals. I don't know if you give a, you know care about those at all. Mine is sure. The, the Jason Marino, T H E Jason Marino, M A R I N O. So the Jason Marino on Instagram. And then we have, you know, our company Instagram is Imagine Photo A Z. And it's the same on Facebook, Imagine Photo AZ or Imagine Photography. Uh, and then our website's imaginephotoaz.com. And yeah, where you, you know, Instagram probably gets the most updates. And yeah, we do a lot of fun stuff on there. And you can go in there and check out our work. And yeah, if you ever come to a conference, or we're generally going to be at uh, Imaging USA and WPPI. We'll be speaking in the uh, vendor booths or ha- doing a uh, platform class, things like that. And I, I love doing selfies with people, love talking to people, always come up and say hello. I love meeting people even when I look like I'm big and scary. <laughs> you do not look scary. You look big in a good way, but not scary. Oh, man. I appreciate uh, that. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much, Nikki. This has been a great time. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, too. And I look forward to seeing you at WPPI, too. Be so fun. I'm really excited. Yeah. Very cool. And it's been such a pleasure being on here. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.